Bibles, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 7. Matthew, chapter 5. And uh, we're, I've entitled this, me- this, this message, From Misery to Mercy. Uh, we have been working our way through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, that, the Mount uh, that the message that Jesus gave. Uh, at the beginning of this message, we find what we call the Beatitudes. And, uh, you know, I thought at the beginning of this, uh, this series that uh, we would just kind of fly through the Beatitudes and get to the good stuff. Uh, but I found out that this is the good stuff. Uh, this part you know, is just uh, amazing what you find out in, in the scriptures. Um, and uh, you know, they've been convicting to me as I begin each, each study and preparing each, uh, for each message. I've come to realize that I need uh, to be more merciful. I, I, uh, I long to have more righteousness and more of Jesus in my life. And, and, and I need to have more meekness. And, and, and these are attributes that I need. And, and as I study, I... I'm convicted by, by these uh, messages myself, and uh, I hope that God is working in your lives as well as we go through these messages. So stand with me if we, if we read the, the scriptures this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter uh, 5 and verse number 7. The Bible says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the visitors that we've had today. and Thank you for all that you've blessed us with today and for your goodness and for these messages, dear Lord, that's been so convicting. Dear Lord, I pray that you would help us to see uh, how that we have been benefited by your mercy and that how that we should also uh, extend mercy to others, dear Lord, that we might pass through our lives and Help us, dear Lord, to grow by this message that we might be more of what you would want us to be. Dear Lord, if there's anyone here that's never been saved, dear Lord, I pray that they would make that decision today and accept you as their personal Savior. Thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The religion that Jesus faced in the first century was a shallow kind of religion. Uh, It was a superficial religion. It was based on external impressions. Uh, Much of today's religion is based on the the outside of a person. Uh, It's based on externals. It's uh, it's about how people look. It's about how things appear uh, to be in a person's life. And we place a lot of emphasis on the outside. Uh, But when we... We, we want to see uh, change in people's lives. If we're not careful, we will try to change them from the outside. Uh, Jesus never did that. He never did that. Jesus at no time ever tried to help people by, train, by trying to change the outside of them. Jesus said about the Pharisees in his day that they were, they were like having a tomb, a sepulcher. And that they had whitewashed it and made it look nice and pretty. Uh, it was, they would take the whitewash and clean it up and make it look pretty. It was beautiful on the outside. But on the inside, it was full of dead men's bones. Jesus spoke those words to describe the religion of his day. 
On the outside, it looked good. Uh, it looked like everybody had it together. But inside, there was nothing but death and the smell of death. I wonder if that describes your religion today. On the outside, you have a smile painted on. And on the outside, you use all the religion, the right religious terminology. On the outside, you give the appearance that everything is okay. But on the inside, do you have the eternal life of God in you? Jesus exposed the religion of his day. One of the ways he did that was by giving us these beatitudes. These beatitudes are or the attitudes that ought to be. These are not just external. It's not something that you can fake. This is something that takes place on the inside. Uh, and Jesus is telling us that when you have his righteousness in you, it will be just demonstrated by the fact that you are a merciful person. If, you, if you're right on the inside, you're going to be right on the outside. If you're right on the inside, you're going to have a, be poor in spirit. If you're right on the inside, you're going to be meek. If you're right on the inside, you're going to deal with your, your neighbor merciful. There are three things that I want us to see this morning from our passage of Scripture. Uh, uh, being merciful today. Mercy, first of all, mercy explained. What does it mean to be merciful? What does that mean? Blessed are the merciful. What does that mean? It is a word that's been misinterpreted. It, it doesn't mean that you're just a soft person. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're a person that is centered or, or just on your emotions alone. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that you that you you just naturally easy to get along with. I understand that, that there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, but that there's more involved to being merciful than that. Mercy must be understood in the context of this passage. Uh, you must consider the Roman Empire that Jesus lived during that day. It, it, it was the, the first century Roman Empire was brutal. It was brutal. It was, uh, uh, they admired courage and bravery and strength. Uh, one of their own philosophers said about mercy, said that mercy is a disease of the soul. It, it, it's okay to be brutal. It's okay to be mean and tough. But whatever you do, don't be a merciful person. That's what their philosophy was. Mercy was considered a disease of the soul. An example that we might have is a man who owned a slave. He could punish that slave any way he wished. He could kill that slave and bury him in the yard like an old dog and no one would say anything about him, about it. He, he, uh, he, a man could enter the room after his wife had a baby. If it was deformed, he could say, let the baby die. If he didn't, didn't like the sex of the baby, he, he could say, put it to death, and nothing was done. That was the brutality of the Roman Empire. Uh, Jesus comes along and says his kingdom is not about harshness. It's not about cruelty. It's about mercy. Hey, what is mercy? Well, 
It's the idea of pity and compassion. It's, it's more than sympathy. It's, it's more than empathy. Uh, it, it, it is to have pity towards someone that is in a bad situation. Uh, it's to rescue the miserable. Most of us, uh, our hearts can be moved. Uh, when we see someone in bad shape, we, uh, when we see someone suffering in pain, uh, when we see sorrow, uh, we are moved by that. Right? We're, we're moved by that. We don't like to see people suffering. We don't, we don't like to see the injustices of society. We don't like to see someone in a pitiful situation. Uh, we're moved by that, but that's not mercy. You, you're not a person of mercy just because you're moved by someone who is suffering. You're a, not a, a merciful person just because you have a tender heart. This word merciful has the idea of not only to, to see the situation, the pitiful, the hurting, the suffering, but he goes further than that. He is moved to help the suffering and the pain. He is moved to do something about the situation. Many of us today have no problem allowing our hearts to be moved by human suffering. But how many of us would allow ourselves to be moved to the point of doing something about it? That's merciful. Do you have an opportunity this past week to express God's mercy to someone? Uh, as you went through your work, through your week, did you what? Did, what did you see? What did you witness? Who did you see that was suffering? You saw their pain. You saw their circumstances and situation. You maybe even said, "Poor man, poor lady." You maybe even said. Uh, that looks so pitiful. But you didn't do anything to help the situation. That's mercy. That's what he meant when he said, Blessed are the merciful. It, it's not just people who feel sorry for other people. It's, it's, it's that when we see it, we are moved to do something to ease the pain. To make the situation better. To do something about their condition. That's mercy. This has been illustrated clearly in our scriptures in Luke chapter 10 and verse 25. Jesus is speaking. He says, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him saying, Master, what, what shall I do to inherit the inter, in, eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and uh, with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. He, but he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And then Jesus begins to tell him a parable, a story of the good Samaritan. He talked about the man who went from Jerusalem going up to Jericho. Uh, and, and he fell among thieves. And, and, and the priest came by. The priest. And he, 
he sees the situation and he crosses the road and goes on by. And, and then he sees the Levite come by. He saw the man and he crosses over and doesn't in, do anything. Isn't it interesting that the first two that Jesus mentioned were the priest and the Levite? These were the ones who were taking care of the word of God on a daily basis. These were the men who, who, who the nation of Israel looked to for their spiritual guidance. And neither one had mercy on someone in need. Then the Samaritan came. No good. Half Jew, half Gentile. Looked down upon that uh, by the Jews. And he comes by and he sees this man that's fallen among thieves. He's been beaten. He's been stripped. And he pours oil and wine into his wounds. He bandages him up and he puts him on his beast of burden. And takes him to the local inn. He says, take care of him. And, and if it costs you any more money than what I'm leaving with you, put it on my account. I'll take care of it when I come back through. He took care of him. I wonder how many of us would identify with the priest and the Levite. We see the pain and our heart is moved by that. Oh, poor person. That's just terrible. That's just terrible. I hope that never happens to me. I wonder... We have any priests or Levites today? I wonder if we have any Samaritans today who would be willing to get their hands dirty, who would be willing to roll up their sleeves, who would say he is hurting and I'm in a position to provide help and comfort, strength. Grace and mercy, and we bind them up in the rags of God's grace, and we provide help for them. The definition of mercy is we see their condition and are moved with pity on them, but it doesn't stop there. We do something to help them. Mercy is illustrated as in compassion in action. Compassion in action. Some will say, I helped this person and that person. Aren't you proud of me? Come on and pat me on the back for it. People that have godly mercy, godly compassion, they, they don't talk about it. They just do it. They just do it. They, they, don't, they don't need recognition. With the culture of the Roman Empire being as strong and courageous and brutal. Not having respect for human life. Jesus said my kingdom is one of mercy. My disciples will do something to help. They will do what they can. When they can. As best they can. That's what it means to be in the kingdom of God. So we have mercy Explain. The second thing I want us to see this, this morning is mercy 
experienced. Mercy experienced. Do you know if you're a Christian today, you have experienced mercy? If you have any doubts about this, you're not saved. Uh, you can't be saved without experiencing God's mercy. It's impossible. You've got to experience mercy of God in order to be saved. There are three words that are linked together in the Bible. You've got love, you've got grace, and you've got mercy. These words are all linked together in the Bible. Grace and mercy come out of the love of God. They, 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 they come from the love of God. There are times in the Bible that it seems like grace and mercy are used interchangeably. But there is a distinction between them. They're not the same. Uh, grace is when God gives me what I don't deserve. When God gives us what we don't deserve, nobody deserves the attention of God. Nobody deserves the gift of eternal life. Nobody deserves the forgiveness of their sin. We don't deserve Jesus. We don't deserve eternal life. We don't deserve being born again. We don't deserve knowing that our, our home is in heaven. We don't deserve that. But God gives us what we don't deserve. And, and that's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. Grace is God giving you what you can't earn. Grace is God giving you what, uh, what you don't deserve. That's grace. Mercy is God not giving you what you do deserve. Jeremiah, in a dark hour, said in Lamentations 3.22, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And he said of his mercies, they are new every morning. If it were not for the mercies of God, all of us would have been consumed, destroyed. If God wanted to consume us, he wouldn't have to take our life. He would just have to stop giving it. He is the giver of life. He is the one who provides life. Ephesians 2.4 But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. There is a wealth of mercy. There is an abundance of mercy. There is an unending supply of the mercy of God. There's enough mercy to save the entire world. And you are not beyond the mercy of God. The mercy of God is extended to you today. God wants you to experience this mercy today. Mercy presumes a problem. Uh, do you know what your problem is? Uh, the problem that all of us have is that we have a problem with sin. The problem of sin has separated us from God. Uh, our sin has separated us and there's no way that we can come to Him because of that sin issue. The problem of sin has separated us from God. The problem of sin has condemned us. John uh, said in John 3.18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned. When? Already. Because he hath not believed 
on the name of the only begotten Son of God. <clears throat> we are already worthy of hell. We don't, we, why don't God just already give us hell? Why, why are we not in hell now? Why are we not worthy of hell? Uh, if we deserve hell, why are, why are we not in hell? There's just one explanation. Mercy. Mercy. It is by the mercy of God that we are not in hell today. By the mercy of God that salvation is offered to you today. If you will confess your sins to God, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be saved. You can experience salvation and forgiveness. You can know that Jesus is your Savior. Heaven will someday be your home. All because God deals with you according to His mercy. We've seen how that mercy has been explained. Compassion in action. We've seen mercy experienced. God extended His mercy to you. And if you're a child of God, you are a recipient of His mercy. The third thing I want us to see this morning is mercy extended. We as Christians are to extend mercy to others. We're to extend mercy to others. If you have received the mercy of God, experienced the mercy of God, it is your responsibility to extend mercy to others. People have, who have received mercy should be People who are merciful. There's a story that Jesus told that I want to share with you. There was a man who was a servant, a slave, and he owed the king a million dollars. He went to the king and begged, give me some time. I just need more time and I can pay the million dollars. He thought that time would solve the problem, but his situation was more than just needing time. He needed a miracle. He, in his position, he would never in a million years be able to have the, the, uh, enough money to pay the, the, the king back. The king said, I'll, I'll do something better than give you time. I'll forgive the debt completely. Well, this man leaves the presence of the king, relieved of his burden, of this tremendous debt. And he goes to another man that owes him a dollar. He grabs him by the collar and says, give me what you owe me. The fellow servant begged him, have patience with me. Give me more time. The first servant that had received the mercy from the king had forgiven the debt that had forgiven the debt he, he could uh, he could have his life free from the worry of the debt said his time was up give me my dollar well he couldn't pay it so he had him cast into the debtor's prison how does that make you feel 
The first man gets his debt forgiven, wiped clean. That's awesome. Then he meets up with his fellow servant and he wants his money. You, you would say, that's an even, evil man. Who would do that? Who would do that? Who would be the recipient of mercy and then not show mercy? That's the point of the parable that Jesus told. We've received so much of the mercy of God in our own lives. How dare we not extend that same mercy to our fellow man? Can you believe that the first servant did that? The end of the story records that the king found out about this man's lack of mercy and turned him over to the tormentors, the jailers, until he could pay his debt. And I'm convicted. Isn't that what I do? When I refuse to forgive? Isn't that the same thing when I see someone in a pitiful condition? And I have the means to do something? And I do nothing to help them? I've been forgiven of a million dollar debt. That I could never in a thousand lifetimes pay back. And yet God says it's all forgiven. It's forgiven. How can I not forgive you when you owe me a dollar? This is what we do when we experience the mercy of God. We extend the mercy of God. You remember Joseph? He was sold by his jealous brothers to go to Egypt. Though through the work of God, he became a prime minister of Egypt. And as those same brothers that had done him wrong uh, are now standing before their brother begging for food. The brothers didn't recognize Joseph, but Joseph recognized them. Joseph can't contain himself when he goes into another room and cries. What will he do? Will Joseph get his revenge? Will Joseph show who's boss now? Will he show them what happens when you cross baby brother? What will he do? Well, he showed his brothers who had shamefully treated him mercy. Joseph didn't show mercy because he was a good guy. But he knew himself what it was like to be in a pitiful condition and to need help and then to receive it. He showed mercy to others. In conclusion this morning, how can I be a person that shows mercy to others? How can I be a person? Number one, you have to be saved. You can't show mercy that you haven't experienced. You experience it, then you extend it. You have to experience the mercy of God. You have to be saved if you want to know about mercy. Number two, you have to be in submission to the Holy Spirit of God. 
we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit as He leads our lives. This virtue is not acquired from anywhere but the Holy Spirit of God. As we submit to the Holy Spirit, then we are able to extend mercy to others. The third thing you must do, this one you might surprise you, you have to suffer. It may not be a physical suffering, it, but it will involve some form of suffering. There can be no mercy without pain. You may hurt. Someone could say something that would hurt you. Hurt your feelings. Hurt you emotionally. Hopefully not hurt you physically. When you're in a position to extend mercy to that person, what are you going to do? Have you ever been in a position and you said something like, it'll be a cold day before I ever help that person. They can forget it. And then you had a change of heart. You know how that change of heart comes about? The mercy of God that's in you. The Spirit of God in you. You want to extend that to people who hurt you? What about you? Are you a recipient of God's mercy? He wiped the slate clean. Forgave it all. you're not a recipient, you've never been saved, that can happen to you today. You can be saved today. You can ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and He will wipe the slate clean just as if you'd never sinned. That can happen to you today. Have you been a recipient of the Lord's mercy? <laughs> if you have, you know what it feels like. To have that burden relieved. And as we have experienced it, we're in a position to extend it. How many times have we seen that person that such a pitiful situation? And we did like the priests and the Levites. We looked the other way and avoided it. Lord said, that's not my, what my kingdom's about. That's, that's not the kind of kingdom that my kingdom is about. He said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness in our life. Dear Lord, we're so thankful. Oh, so thankful for your mercy. Thank you for forgiving our sins and making us pure in your sight. Thank you for all that you do for us. Dear Lord, I pray that you would just convict the hearts, people that need to be, make a decision this morning. Help them, dear Lord, to 
to reach out to you, to receive your mercy, to receive your grace, to receive your salvation, to receive your forgiveness for a life that's been lived in an ungodly state. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. Help us, dear Lord, to always walk the way you would have us to walk. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.